Welcome back to Feature Presentation. My name is Patrick. My name is Taylor, and this is Santino. He is pain in my assholes. We have to have the dog hang out with us because uh, he can't live without us. Yeah, he has he has some um, attachment issues. And in saying that, I mean he's permanently attached to us. This is Feature Presentation. This is the show that we do whenever we feel like it. Um, we are in the midst on our website right now, futurepresentationvideo.com, of Movie Star March Madness, our countdown, our month-long celebration to who will be the star, celebrity, actor, actress of the second season of the Vince Vonathon. And today, for Sasha Baron Cohen Day, we decided to do a little podcast about Borat. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Sasha Baron Cohen, you have to start with Borat, right? Yeah, Borat is a movie that we come back to every so often. Uh, number one, because it is unbelievably funny. And somehow, despite being very 2006, it never feels dated, really. Um, it is unfortunately um, something that, uh, you know could come out at any time we saw that a couple years ago with Borat's subsequent movie film uh but for whatever reason it's just a movie that that we get a big kick out of and uh and we thought would be a great uh topic for our basically one and only fp pod uh of movie star march madness yeah i i watched borat for the first time during the pandemic i think you never seen it before i don't remember that no no it was that and then we rewatched it recently we did i think we watched it because Borat 2 was coming out. So we watched Borat and then watched Borat 2 and then we rewatched Borat recently because I was like, want to watch Borat? And it was just like, yeah, okay, we can watch it. Um, and we did. And, I mean, it's just hysterical. Like, I, I live for this kind of just, like, the Nathan Fielder of it all, like, I can't handle Nathan Fielder. Like, he makes things so awkward. And that makes me want to shrivel up and die. And this, but this is awkward in such an extreme and funny way that I'm able to like stomach it. And it's like not only stomach it, but like my stomach hurts because I'm laughing so hard. Yeah, he, um, I wrote this in my um, review many moons ago for the movie whose name I kind of think of right now The Trial of the Chicago Seven, of which uh, Sasha plays. Um, uh, one of the guys in the movie, and I was like, I feel like one day his work is going to be like studied, and people are going to be like, why was he not uh, appreciated enough at the time? Because he has this uncanny ability that um, I, th I think even better than all of the Nathan Fielders and the, the John Stewarts and the John Olivers and whoever does this political commentary while also playing some version of a character um, thing... Maybe not even necessarily political, but yeah, yeah, the the Billy's on the streets, yeah, just some sort of social commentary. Um, sometimes just messing with people, sometimes having something bigger to say. Um, I don't think anybody does it like he does, while being so funny, so unbelievably funny, having the biggest balls I've ever seen in my entire life, and always not having literally. Like... <laughs> I mean, we've seen them. <laughs> always having um, a thesis that um, is unfortunately always timely. Now, uh, Borat's a difficult movie to talk about because um, like, we could just sit around and like do a shitty Borat impression for like half an hour, and I'm going to like try 
not to do that. But one thing I am going to do is I'm going to pull up some quotes from the movie to kind of guide our conversation a little bit. And um, to there's just some specific scenes I want to talk about. Because the movie's great. I love the movie. There are some scenes, like the driving scene, the driving class. It's not that great. Like, we don't need to go scene by scene, right? Um, but I feel like touching on certain scenes will... Um, We'll get our point across. I want to start with, I mean, really, what is the number one for us, at least for me, which is the scene that was filmed in my hometown. <laughs> yeah, let's start off with a bang. Picture it. Salem, Virginia. Patrick is growing up down the street as this is being filmed. Let's get into it. Yeah, so I grew up in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, there's a scene. Uh, it's the rodeo scene, for anybody who's seen the movie recently, which you should. If, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie recently, Go watch. I mean, it's it's funny as hell. Come back to this. Um, there's a scene, the rodeo, where he sings the Kazakhstan national anthem, and we, I also just realized that we have not uh, introduced the movie in any way whatsoever about what it is. But like, it's boring. It's been around for 15 years. You should watch it. It, it needs no introduction. And he uh, sings the fictional Kazakhstan national anthem. He does this after going on this like uber patriotic rant in front of this crowd. So Salem is right next to Roanoke. It is uh, down the street, essentially, like Taylor said. I could get to the place where they filmed this in 10 minutes from my house, from where I grew up. Um, and it really paints us in a really bad light. <laughs> All the rednecks and such. And he's standing in front of the rodeo and he screams, Can I say a first? <laughs> We support your war on terror, the crowd cheers. May we show our support for our boys in Iraq, the crowd cheers. May U.S. and A. kill every single terrorist, the crowd cheers. May George Bush <laughs> drink the blood of every single man, woman, and child of Iraq. The crowd goes nuts. <laughs> then he says, may you destroy their country so that for the next thousand years, not even a single lizard will survive in their desert. <laughs> and it does not get as many claps. <laughs> and then he sings this national anthem about how Kazakhstan is the greatest country of all time. And every other country is run by little girls. And he gets booed so hard, they start throwing shit at him. I guess the booze like scare one of the horses of the rodeo. I this will always be an anomaly to me. Okay, <laughs> this horse thing. I mean, it's it's one of those things where like you know I, I hate to just compare compare him to Nathan Fielder, but I'm going to for just one more second to say something that makes Nathan Fielder so spectacularly awkward and and I mean just ugh, like shudderingly funny is that. There, he does not know what's going to come from the conversations he has. Like, he does not have a narrative necessarily in mind. He just happens to pick the weirdest fucking people, right? But Borat, like, has a thesis. Like, in the rehearsal, you mean? Like, the, the people in that, like, kind of guided where it went. Yeah, but even when he did, like, Nathan... Was it Nathan on the street? No, it's Nathan for you. Nathan for you. Sorry, I'm get, getting him mixed up. Like, he just would meet these just, like, bizarro people, and you'd just be like, what? Like, like, where are you finding these people? Yeah, like, what was the one where he was, like, he made a joke about drinking pee, and then the guy was like, yes, I do drink pee. Like, you cannot script that, okay? You cannot you cannot come up with that in your brain. Um, but it's, it's, That's the only time Nathan Fielder has ever laughed. Yeah, because Borat... Um, it like it has this political commentary attached to it. It has this thesis. It's it's set. It's simulated situations to evoke a a 
response that is representative of the thesis that they want to they want to make um you know a lot of it is curated in the sense of like the situations that they go to and the things they do but some things you just couldn't write and the horse is one of them i guess the yeah the the horse just gets a gets a hair up his ass i mean we don't know why maybe it's the sound maybe it's a something across i mean we just don't know and it just fucking takes the guy out <laughs> yeah just like leaves <laughs> Takes the guy he out. jumps back and the guy slides off yeah. the back. <laughs> and it's just insane. It's one of those things like you just like you know that they were like we have we have struck gold with this. Yeah. Like we could have never it could have never gone this well in any way that we could have written this. Oh no, I mean absolutely not. And it's just so funny because there's also a part, and I think it's is it before or after he does his speech where the guy's like, you know, you really need to um it's before. <laughs> you need to choose some new facial hair because you look like a terrorist. You look like I just want to come and, like, shoot you. You look like a terrorist. He goes like, you could, you know, if you shaved that mustache, you could look Italian. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, no, he couldn't. No, he couldn't. Um, it's just, oh, my God, it's so funny. and But it has, like, this... Obviously, like this, this really like poignant political commentary that I feel like you can't write as compelling as that because you see this hive mind right in front yeah. of you of like these people are just willing to cheer for anything. It's like it takes so far for the joke to spiral for them finally to have the common sense to be like, wait, what am I cheering for again? Right. Do I actually align <laughs> with these views? I'm just gonna cheer anyways. Yeah. You know, like it's just crazy. Um, and then he starts getting booed when he's, like... Like, he, he says all these crazy things. And, like, the crazy things aren't what make people boo. It's the screw America that makes people boo. And then, like, it, that, that's just so, like, yeah. you just can't write shit like that. So, apparently, uh, the original director of this movie was um, uh, Joker and Hangover director Todd Phillips. And he shot that scene. He was the director at that point, And he quit after that. Because he was like, we're going to, like, incite a riot. And he was, like, worried about, like, his future safety with Borat and, like, being arrested and stuff. Yeah, I think that that's a really, <laughs> really fair thing. I kept asking Patrick, like, maybe not necessarily as much in Borat, but in Borat 2 specifically, when they really dive into, like, getting in touch with political figures. It becomes very much like... Trump, Giuliani, Pence. Yeah, yeah. Like, it like it was always had a political statement, but it was just by, like, showing everyday people and how they think about the world in such a, like, horrific view. Um, and then Borat 2 is really, like, we're going to set this in the White House, essentially. Like, not, not I mean, I mean, metaphorically in the White House. Like. That's really the only way you can do it, though, because when Borat becomes so popular, you really can only at that point punch up. You know, yeah. because like you can't, you couldn't make Borat two, and even if nobody knew who he was, which obviously a lot of people knew who he was by that time, right? You couldn't just like interview random people and like make fun of the bozos of Salem, Virginia. Like at a certain point, like you're being mean, but because nobody knew who he was, he was letting people walk themselves into these oh, situations. Yeah. Um, one one thing that just blows my mind every time we watch this, and and all the stuff that he does, is he just has no shame whatsoever. I mean. <laughs> say anything to to you know let these gather these people I, I i'm thinking of um when he goes to like the feminist the meeting of the feminists and he like starts like laughing at them 
And then when they get upset because he's laughing at their ideas, he goes like, he goes, he goes like, come on, you, you, you'd be much prettier if you smiled. Yeah, it just says like, the, I mean, he's just a genius. And I even think like the thing that always comes to mind in terms of like what you were saying with Todd Phillips being like, oh, I could get fucking arrested is when he like runs to the, the um, hotel naked, right? Like him and him and the guy, I can't even remember the guy's name. Asmat. Yeah, Asmat. When him and Asmat run through the hotel naked, like that's not even that funny. It's just like, because it's not like it's, that is a like, okay, we are going to do this now shoot it thing. It's, it's obviously like a scripted portion. And I think the unscripted stuff really supersedes that but i mean you just go like he was arrested for that when he kidnaps when he fucking gets to the parking lot when he outruns security carrying fucking what's her face pamela anderson Anderson. i'm just like so in it right now i can't even think of like names um when he's like literally he has her she's in a bag bag. and like he gets so far like he goes to jail for that and like i respect todd phillips for being like this is great. Not far. me, though, dog. Like, not me, though. <laughs> so, okay, so a couple of things. So apparently I read today, which we've never noticed before, that uh, Pamela Anderson was in on the gag, but her security was not. She specifically did not tell them. I don't think she knew about, like, the like getting kidnapped stuff, but she knew about, like, the, the relative bit, but oh. the security had no idea. Oh, well, that changes things. Yeah. I was always like, wow, that's fucking crazy. So the only four people that know any, like, the only four actors – or Borat, Azamat. Well, it, you, except for all the stuff in Kazakhstan at the beginning. Borat, Azamat, the stripper character that he brings to the dinner. She's like a comedian. And Pamela Anderson. Nobody else knew what was going on. Um, also, the number one uh, piece of trivia on IMDb. Who knows if this is true or not? I mentioned this a billion times in the Vince Vaughnathon. IMDb trivia is stupid. However, 2,131 people out of 2,138 found this interesting. So all but seven people found this interesting. Uh, the police were called on him 92 times during the production of this film. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Like, at a certain point, like, I know that there are, like, legal things, you know, and you can say, like, I'm filming a movie. This was never intended to harm. Here's our certificates, blah, 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 blah. But, like, at a certain point, when you get a, your 90-second call... Don't they go, like, you have to shut production down. Like, stop. (laughs) This is a public safety concern, you know? Like, that's just crazy. I would love to know, like, people who are entertainment lawyers and stuff. That must be an interesting job. Like, being on the stand and being like, Sasha Baron Cohen should not spend 48 hours in prison for kidnapping Pamela Anderson because it was for fun. It was a joke. joke. (laughs) Um... Going through these quotes, there are so many that I cannot say. Uh, I mean, some of them maybe I would have dared to say 2006, would never say it a million years now. Um, although this one is, is from the, the feminist group reasons. <laughs> I could not concentrate on what this old man was saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just nails it. Um, okay, let's see what else we got. Uh, uh, well, there's also there's the thing on TikTok that went viral, which is, he is my neighbor, New- Nur Sultan Tuliagbai. He is pain in my asshole. Oh, yeah, he is pain in my asshole. Sorry, I thought you were going to finish no. it. I get a clock radio he cannot afford. Great success. Great success. And it's clock radio. <laughs> I never knew what he was saying. Like, I, I thought it was just like a made up word. I mean, he makes up a bunch of words in the movie. Like, I never thought it was clock radio. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um. So many of these I cannot say. Although Kazakhstan is a glorious country, it have a problem too. Uh, 
economic, social, and Jew. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. There's so, this like, this social experiment that he does becomes so much more layered because he's Jewish. Like he, he represents like the running of the Jews bit. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like that just adds a whole other layer. Um, and I think it was really incredible that he used his Borat platform at the Kennedy Center Honors this year to talk about Kanye's anti-Semitism and, and the kind of uproar of, of anti-Semitism in the country. And I feel like, yeah, like what better way to turn it on its head than use your comedy? Like, you know, we were talking about Borat too and how like that you have to punch up because everybody knows who Borat is. And like, he had to change his identity and he largely used a, you know, a, a, another character for most of the things because everybody would recognize Borat. Um, which I can't even get into how they managed to find a girl with the same absolute non-existent shame that he has with no <laughs> issue going to jail and no issue. I mean, exposing major political figures, but that's, that's a whole other <laughs> being thing. in that room with Rudy Giuliani. Is- I mean, it, like, do you want to work with Sasha Baron Cohen? I'd be like, yes. And they'd be like, can you not laugh when things are really funny? And I'd be like, mm, I could try. But then they'd go like, well, what if you're arrested and or maybe tackled by security? And and um, what is the what is the high security political security? Secret Service. Secret Service. What if you were attacked by Secret Service and like pinned down to the ground and like shot? And I'd be like. This is where I back down. Or what if Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani tries to have sex with you? Yeah. Like, I'd be like, okay, I'm good, actually. <laughs> Thank you for the offer, but I'd like to leave the audition. Um, and she just nailed it. There's a scene where he goes to buy a gun, which is unbelievable, the access he gets to a gun. <laughs> and he holds it up and he goes, I feel like American movie star Dirty Harold. <laughs> Go ahead. Make my day, Jew. <laughs> and the guy behind the counter is like, uh-huh. Because there's at one point he like hands him a gun and he goes like, what gun is good for killing Jews? Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. Like, there is something, you know, I feel like every country in the world, you know, loves to just like completely rag on, on America for our gun accessibility. And I feel like it wasn't until like around this time that I feel like we really started being in on the joke too because it's not really – funny when you consider you live in the country and people die at the expense but i feel like borat and like other you know you know similar areas of media have like learned how to flip this on its head and like make it a statement of like this is so insane that it's funny and i feel like we're able to kind of like be in on the joke now um obviously still a horrible thing that we have these gun issues but yeah it's just wow what a, what a great thing to put in there. And, like, very early on in this, too, I feel like. this Once again, it's just, like, so timeless, which is really sad. Yeah, I mean, it came out 17 years ago. And you could, like, still totally do that same bit today. Um, along the same lines, two more. The, the reason why they fly across the country is he insists we not fly in case the Jews repeat their attack of 9-11. <laughs> and then there's the scene where they go to the, like, bed and breakfast and the 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 couple owns it are Jewish. I just can't imagine like they These bought, poor people. Yeah, that's one where I go like, oh, you really don't have shame because this is not this is these are innocent elderly people that you're fucking with. Like they spent money 
to buy a bed and breakfast from Jewish owners, elderly Jewish owners, and then he's just like, Jews! Like, he just... This is the one where they see the, the cockroaches, and he goes, the Jews have shifted their shapes. <laughs> um, okay, so, where was the one I lost it? Uh, uh, here it is, here it is, here it is. Oh, can we talk, please, for a minute, about the scene where he goes to the dinner? Of course. And he... And he goes to the bathroom. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember I dated this guy in high school. Oh, no. No, this isn't actually my story. I dated a guy in high school. And one time, his older brother, who is much older, like when I was, I guess, like 16, his brother was probably like 28 or something. And he was like, well, my high school girlfriend, one time she came over for dinner and she put her tampon in the toilet in the toilet, oh, like, flooded the bathroom. And I was like, I never want to use your bathroom again. Like, I don't care that that was 10 years ago. Like, I will never flush your toilet again. I will shit outside before I have a toilet overflow. Like, that's humiliating. And so I always thought, like, the most humiliating thing that could ever happen was, like, a toilet getting clogged at my expense or something. And this was like, well, at least I'm not handing them my shit. <laughs> he puts his shit in a bag. This is after... He, he's sitting there and he's he's laughing with them like he's he really chums them up. You can tell for like most of the meal, you know. And they have this like super like white savior complex about it, like yeah. oh like, wow we're such do gooders like yeah. we we brought in this just sluppy needing you know middle world man and like he just I mean milks it. He, br- <laughs> he brings them his poop in a bag, and then he he's talking about the woman at the table and he goes in my country they would go crazy for these two. And then he points to the guy's wife and he says, this one, not so much. Yeah, I mean, I would literally never recover from that. And then if that was in a movie that millions of people have seen, I would never recover. Okay, that's that's the real strength here is whoever, if it's, he does some of the schmoozing or his producers, whatever, getting people to sign the release is unbelievable. I mean, getting them to walk into these situations is one thing, getting them to say this stuff, but then, like, convincing them to let you put that out forever? I I would have to imagine, right, that if I'm these people and I have this sense of, like, white savior, I am, like, doing good by even letting this fool speak to me, right? And a producer says, like, we're making a documentary, blah, 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 blah. And then Borat is so, you know, you know, um unaware of the culture around him right and he's handing people shit and he's you know saying super racist comments and he's doing all this like i would have to imagine that if if they believe that that is an isolated incident out out of the context of the movie and out of the thesis they must think like this just makes him look bad it's it's how they've tactfully strung it together that shows these you know like holes in american society that you go like oh this is such a brilliant narrative but like isolated i can imagine they'd be like god nobody's gonna watch that movie they're gonna have to can it after he just did that to me like like, they're not gonna use this yeah yeah because they're (laughs) going to think that it's a he's a real person and not a character and so they're going to be like there's no way that this movie is going do you have i don't know the legalities of this do you have to tell them the truth when you get them to sign you have to tell them that it was a joke you probably do I don't know. I think you can have people sign them before they ever film. I don't know about that. I don't know, but 
what do we know? We know nothing about the, the, the legalities of show business. I mean, like, I know that this is different, but, like, if you if you agree to, you know, nanny for a rich and famous family or whatever, you sign your NDA before you ever start working for them, and there's no going back. You know, it just is what it is, no matter how crazy it is. Okay, so he goes to the, like, religious revival where he is, like, he, I don't even know how to explain it, how he jumps around and shakes around as if the power of Jesus has compelled him. Oh, my God. And he convinces this entire mega church. I mean, it's a big building. There's probably 500 plus people in there. He convinces all of them that he has been, like, taken over by Jesus. <laughs> and he says to the pastor... Does Jesus love my neighbor, Nusutan Tuliagbai? And he says, yes, Jesus loves everyone. And he goes, no, nobody likes my neighbor, Nusutan Tuliagbai. And everybody laughs. He makes everybody in that church laugh. Oh, my God. I mean, like, no comment. I mean, that is the most, like, unbelievable thing. Every, every... No, I think this is the most believable thing, actually. No, it, it is. It is the most believable thing. But it's just so funny. Like, it is just, like, the way... I mean, just the way every single person eats out of the palm of his hands. Like, yeah. those people left that, that night being like, we saved a life. <laughs> we saved a life from eternal damnation. <laughs> And he is a changed man, and he is going to lead the good people of Kazakhstan to Christ our Lord and Savior. And that's crazy. That's crazy. He leaves that saying, I will forgive Pamela, and I will go to California with my friend, Mr. Jesus, and together we will take her. And they're like, have fun. The Pamela Anderson thing is actually, I think, one of my least favorite parts of the movie. I mean, that scene is crazy, like when his security, like, smashes his face into the pavement in the parking lot like that's pretty funny um like the the running the build the the build like the build i i get that it, it needs it needs structure it needs like a thing to hold it together it needs like a direction for him to go it cannot just be like i'm gonna drive around america like that it needs something um but like you've said like the scripted bits just aren't as funny because the the main success of the movie is the regular people I mean, there's the scene where he he goes to he goes oh the bus oh we'll talk about the bus in a second he goes to the antique shop oh <laughs> it's like jackass that's like, the most jackass scene of all I think yeah like when like it wasn't the most recent jackass where they go to like this like mattress store and he goes like I'm gonna lay down yeah. and the guy goes like whoa yeah. like it's my first day and he like falls off of like a rafter beam and then he like goes flying through the freaking ceiling. Um, and then, like, the store is, like, literally completely wrecked. Um, and very, like, is it Dirty Grandpa? Is that the one? It's Bad Grandpa. Ba- bad Grandpa, thank you. I always get them mixed up. Bad dirty Grandpa's the De Niro. De Niro. Okay, I always get them mixed up. Bad Grandpa, like, it's just, like, a bunch of shit like that over and over and over again. Um, but, I mean, it's still just, like, that stuff is probably, like, has a lot of value to it. No, that's what's so funny, though, is he, he slips and he slides and he keeps banging shit and he, just glass everywhere and he just destroys the store and they go, like, you're going to have to pay for this. And he goes, like, okay. You know, like, knowing that he's got the budget of the movie behind him and they ring him up <laughs> and it's, like, $250. <laughs> and we were both, like, whoa! I thought it was going to be so much more than that. I, but I don't think that they could even conceptualize what he broke. <laughs> I feel like part of it was just them wanting to get him the hell out. <laughs> Maybe. 
Okay, the bus. But, I mean, to be fair, I don't think that they would have chosen Antiques Roadshow. You know, they would, they're they cho- choosing something that's, like, relatively affordable. But, yeah, it still seemed a little low. The bus of, of frat boys. Would you like to take this one? Are they even frat boys? They're, like, frat men. They're, like, frat men, yeah. They're, they're going... Where are they going? Is it established where they're going? I can't remember. Yeah. Well, they're on an RV. Yeah. They're seeing the world. And, um... They are, he just basically goes like, can I crack a couple of cold ones with you? He needs a ride, so he hops yeah. on their RV. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, come on, man. Once again, this like, haha, this guy seems funny and, and, and stupid because he's not from America, even though they're the most stupid people in the entire movie. Um, and, you know, like, let's invite him and have a couple of beers, get him drunk. And, like, they are pounding him. Like, there's no faking it from Mr. Sasha Baron Cohen, okay? Like, he is pounding shotgunning shotting like however you want to put it he's doing it and um i can't imagine what that i can't imagine like staying in character and being like completely fucking drunk well the staying in character of the second movie where he like has to live with those guys for a couple yeah, that that is like i i re- i want to watch i want to rewatch borat like for that like it's obviously during the pandemic and he's just like and the way they're all just like this is a stupid pandemic. And he's like, yeah, me think so too. Can I live with you though? And we not leave because it's too dangerous to go out. Um, and it's just crazy. I, this is like made me really want to rewatch They are, it. they are college students of, of USC of South Carolina. Okay. And they sued the, um, filmmakers to not get the movie released, I guess, because it would tarnish their reputations. And they just straight up lost because I mean, duh, of course you do. Yeah, I mean, it's they signed an NDA. Or they signed, or not an NDA, um, like they signed a waiver. So There were like a lot of people who, after the movie was released, then tried to sue to get the DVDs. Um, like, you know, not send DVDs out or whatever. And what's so funny about the DVD of the movie, if you have the DVD, is it looks, they've made it look bootlegged. Like you open it up and it's like a DVD-R and it's like printed to look as if it's Sharpie and it says Borat. <laughs> like the whole thing is, is supposed to look fake. Anyway, so they, they try and... Um, Stop the release of this movie because they've made themselves look so bad with some of the shit that they've said. I mean, here's here's where law gets like, you know, tricky, right? We talk about how, you know, everybody just hits I agree to the terms of service, but then we all get pissed off that you too is downloaded to our phone in our sleep. Right? Like, I mean, we willingly, on a daily basis, skip through shit because we don't want to read through it. And part of that is because the jargon is so inaccessible to common people that it's not even worth us trying to get through. But it's true. Like, I mean, like, it, it, there's definitely this disconnect, and we willingly sign our lives away to things all the time. Um, but that's lawyers' bread and butter, you know? There's no doubt in my mind that they didn't just say, like, we are you know, we're filming a movie, you should sign this, maybe you should really take a look at it, and they're like, ah, whatever, and they sign it, and then that's that's their casket. Here's the line from the guy at the rodeo. He says, every picture that we get back from the terrorists or anything else, the Muslims, they look like you. Black hair and a black mustache. So so shave that dadgum mustache off so you're not so conspicuous. So you maybe look like an Italian or something. <laughs> He's just going, uh-huh, 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 just to get him to keep talking. As far as from people looking at you, I see a lot of people and I think, there's a dadgum Muslim. I wonder what kind of bomb he's got strapped to. <laughs> and you probably aren't a Muslim. Maybe that's your religion. But And he goes, no, I'm Kazakh. <laughs> 
unbelievable. <laughs> That's the other thing is to have like the to to go uh huh yes 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 when people I mean this is obviously a big skill of his but any of these political commentary guys when they they trap themselves in these in these holes and just go uh huh uh huh yes and you agree with what they're saying just to get them to keep going and going and going and to you know in the back of their minds they're like this is gold yeah. I mean. <laughs> I just, like, I could never do that. You know, like, I'm so non-confrontational. And, like, I feel like I have been in situations before where people have word vomited or I have word vomited and been, like, cognizant of the fact that I was word vomiting. And it's horrible. And, like, these people are just so in their own worlds about it that it never, they never think twice about it. All right, let's see uh, a couple trivia things. In the language selection screen for the DVD, if you choose Hebrew... (laughs) the screen flashes and says Jew in facility. You have been trapped, Jew. Keep your claws where they can be seen. <laughs> Do not attempt to shift your shape. <laughs> so even the DVD is, is a joke. Um, there's a couple more that I want to bring up and then we can wrap this up. Is there anything else on your mind? I don't think so other than, God, I really want to watch Borat too. It's been a minute. Um... I think that might actually be it. Yeah, here is two of the University of South Carolina fraternity brothers who appeared in the film, Justin Say and Christopher Rotunda, sued the producers claiming defamation. The suit was dismissed in February 2007. The students also sought an injunction to prevent the DVD release of the film, which was also denied. Aye, aye, aye. I mean, it's just, it's brilliant how he just... He creates such a compelling rhetoric and like insight into American society, or you know, America. Obviously, not all American society, but a, a big, enough of it. Yeah, a big part of American society, a larger than we realized part of American society, and um, just just makes it um, makes it all make sense. You know, it, like you would never think explaining this movie to someone and being like, well, he wants to meet Pamela Anderson and also he meets all these people and also he does this and runs around the hotel naked. Like, you would never think that that's one of the greatest movies of all time. Of all time, and it is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? I think we, we've hit... It's just essentially just us going... It's like the Chris Farley show on us. You know, like, man, that was awesome. <laughs> just like picking our favorite moments and talking about how great it was. Um, I will just say that, listen, Sasha, if you're listening to this, um, love you and your wife, Isla, together, you know, send her my love. But if you ever want to change a pace, I'm here. The rest of this week, uh, movie star March Madness is Lindsay Lohan, Jennifer Lopez, the Roberts family, and Lupita Nyong'o. Um, it's a fun week ahead. Then we have our final week, uh, Julianne Moore, Keith David, uh, Riley Keough, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and the Barrymore family. One of the people on our calendar for Movie Star March Madness, maybe it's somebody we've covered before. Maybe it's Colin Farrell. Maybe it's Courtney Cox. Maybe it's Zoe Kravitz. Maybe it's Denzel Washington. Maybe it's Jane Fonda. Maybe it's one of those names I already mentioned, people coming up. One of these people will be the subject of season two of the Vince Vonathon. That's why we're having this this month-long celebration focusing on a lot of our favorite actors and uh, and movie stars and, and comedians, and in this case, um, satirists. Um, so, yeah. Hop on over to the website, play along with us. Let us know what you're watching for Movie Star March Madness. Uh, It's been a lot of fun so far. We're uh, over halfway through now and uh, almost time to announce who it's going to be.
I'm very excited for our announcement. I'm getting more and more anxious every day. Uh, pretty soon. Less than two weeks now. You can find me on Twitter at Mailer Talone and on Letterboxd at Taylor Malone if you are so curious about the unbelievable amount of JLo movies that we've been watching recently. You can also read about those on FeaturePresentationVideo.com later in the week. Um, I'm Patrick J. Regal, everywhere you find people online. And yeah, that's it. Hop on over to the website, FeaturePresentationVideo.com. Uh, this podcast, if you're not listening to it on the website, if you're listening to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or something, leave us a nice review. Um, hit us with a five-star review, something like that. Um, obviously, that helps us out. But the place we really want you to be is the website. That's where we do all the fun stuff. And that's where we are uh, doing all of Movie Star March Madness. Um, this podcast, who knows when the next episode will be. We put this one out whenever we want to put it out. Uh, but uh, that's why we want you to go to the website. Put your email address in. We'll send you everything we do for free. You don't have to worry about if it's a pod or a column or anything else. We'll just send it straight to you. Uh, hit me with, hit me, I mean, you haven't done the Borat voice once, Taylor. So you have to do it at least once. Pick one quote and do it. My wife. <laughs> Very nice. 